It's January 2nd, 2019, and happy new year, everybody. And welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First, we'll hear from Alec Wagner, and uh, he'll tell us about the upcoming Purple Prize deadline and the connection phase process. Then we'll hear from Shanoa Farnsworth, and uh, we'll be talking about East Meets West and that conference coming up. And of course, I want to know about Hawaii's strategic importance in connecting both sides of the East and the West. First up, I want to welcome Alec Wagner from Purple Maya, and he's here to tell us about the upcoming Purple Prize deadline. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Bert. Now, the let's 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 get this deadline out of the way first. I mean, <laughs> the deadline that I had known was the. Fourth of January, which is like Friday, mm-hmm. and so I thought it'd be pretty timely to have you, you know, kind of like urge people to meet the deadline. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's right around the corner, but uh, we've got a couple of applicants that are still on the cusp of fin- finishing up their applications. Really exciting. We've gotten a lot of interest from the public mm-hmm. uh, to get applications into the Purple Prize, um, our Indigenous Innovation Competition. And um, we just decided, I mean, we're giving them some extra time, so let's go ahead and give the rest of the public uh, some extra time to complete some applications and to see some exciting uh, proposals come into our pipeline. So I understand that there have been a fair number of applicants already. Yep, right? yep. We're hovering uh, just over 60 applicants mm-hmm. um, and around 22 uh, actual team applications. So uh, we, in the connections phase, welcome folks who are just individuals who might be able to join a team, but also full-blown teams um, who have a proposal for an idea but don't necessarily have a full concept ideated. And so our connections phase offers a variety of workshops to be able to get them thinking in a way um, to actually build something that uh, could potentially turn into uh, a business plan or a concept plan. Um, And then they move on to so there's two uh, I know and and I've had you on before you and Kelsey and talking about connection phase versus accelerator phase so for the application that is at hand right now uh, it's the connection phase so maybe tell me a little bit about what goes on during the connection phase sure so we have uh, seven seven events Um, those events range from a variety of of different topics from Native Hawaiian and indigenous cultural Mm -hmm. cultural cultural strengths and values um, social enterprise, uh, business fundamentals, and um, tech innovation opportunities. Uh, and we have a social and environmental aspect to the businesses that we're forming because they're rooted in Hawaiian culture and rooted in indigenous cultures, which innately have this uh, sort of regenerative aspect to them. So we're looking to also expose some opportunities for growth in uh, environmental and social uh, cha- uh, challenges. Now, these workshops, you said there's seven of them. Are they yep. going to be seven consecutive weeks or seven? How, how long of a period is the uh, connection phase? It's over five months. So it starts off with kickoff day or uh, yeah, uh, kickoff day. Mm-hmm. And that's on February 2nd, and it's going to end sometime in June. So over those five months, we'll have those seven workshops. Mm-hmm. And then uh, is, the, is the plan to have a potential cohort come through the connection phase and then after the con- uh, connection phase if there are some startups that start to look like they're kind of gelling. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of into the accelerator phase? Yes, the building phase. Um, and so that building phase comes up right after the connections phase. Folks who go through the connections phase who are doing well uh, will have the chance to reapply mm-hmm. for the next phase. But we're also going to open the application process up to uh, other startups who may have um, uh, a, a be maybe further along 
and we want to bring um, sort of a higher level of competition, the ability for those folks with concept plans to create prototypes and MVPs, and then to eventually uh, go to market and um, put together a put together a good strategy and to become it, viable. Is is <clears throat> Purple Maya uh, sort of positioning themselves as a, an accelerator, or how, how do you fit into this startup innovation ecosystem? Yeah, that first phase. That's definitely sort. That's still in the innovation competition or, or, or prize competition like, mm-hmm. uh, model. But that second phase, I think, we're positioned a little bit closer to an incubator. Um, and I mean, we're this this year really. I mean, is the first time that we're doing this, mm-hmm. so we're going to see uh, how far we get um, when we get into that building phase and what's uh, what kinds of startups we're able to you know put, push out of it. Yeah. So the uh, for the connection phase, it's uh, like a prize. So yes. you might get a you know you might get a monetary prize at the end yep. end of that. When you get to the accelerator phase, uh, do you envision like a fairly substantial like investment? I mean, what would what would that look like? Yeah. So we. Um, our, it's also going to be a prize. So we're not taking equity um, in the company. Uh, we are just giving them some some funds to be able to continue uh, to figure out what they're going to do with their idea, how mm-hmm. far it can go. Mm-hmm. We just really want to incentivize uh, the creation of these uh, social enterprises that are rooted in Native Hawaiian values, that are based in technology. Um, we really want to create an ecosystem for that. That's the ultimate goal of not just the Purple Prize, but the Purple Maya Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so we're just looking for some success, and we're, we're going to do whatever we can to get success out of our participants. So back to the uh, the uh, deadline coming up. So the deadline has been pushed back to the 14th. Is, yes. that, is that correct? Yes. And what would be kind of an ideal, uh, let's say, applicant to to participate in connection phase? We're pretty broad. Um, I mean, we've gotten a lot of interest from people who are programmers or, or uh, people who are in the tech, uh, tech space. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, some people from the acad- uh, from academia, uh, mm-hmm. people who are experts in uh, natural resources or marine sciences. Um, and then we've gotten a lot of Native Hawaiian cultural practitioners. So it's people from a variety of different backgrounds. Um, I think that uh, one of the groups of folks that we need more of to apply um, over the next 10 days, uh, next uh, next 16 days, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, 12 days. <laughs> uh, yeah, 12. 12 days yeah. um, is, is this sort of entrepreneur. And uh, we'd love to get some more folks who uh, went through business school um, or who have uh, started up before. We'd love to get those kind of people to get into the things so that we can help them to or for them to teach their teammates how to, you know. Now, if somebody is already startup. holding down a job, would it be difficult for them to participate? In this connections phase, it's not. It, it's it's built for both students and working professionals. Mm-hmm. It's just to allow them to ideate a concept. But in the building phase, um, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be hard. Uh, I mean, we're just looking for people who are, you know, our beast. We want them to come in and <laughs> uh, and, and and really, um, you know, put dig, dig their feet in and 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 work hard, grind. Good, good, good. Yeah. So, okay. So, if somebody was interested in checking it out and maybe uh, putting together an application, where can they go to uh, find out and and uh, you know maybe what maybe give some tips on what would you, what you would be looking for? Yeah. Um, well, we are. I mean, our our selection process is with. Uh, kind of a committee we've got three people who do the actual connections phase um uh, application review Mm -hmm. so uh, i mean we're looking for people who are showing um 
a passion definitely for both native Hawaiian values uh, or in other indigenous values, but also for a social and social and environmental um, challenge, figuring out how to solve them. And of course, uh, we want those people to have the initiative to go out and figure figure out how to make these things um, viable in the end. Mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. people who have uh, sort of that grit to them. And where you can find it, purpleprize.com. That's, uh, that's our website. So you can check that out. We've got some um, information on the Purple Prize and then also information about the kickoff day that's upcoming. And that's open to the public. So Great, yeah. great. Well, thanks, Alex, for joining us. Thank you, Bert. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Shanoa Farnsworth. And she's here to tell us about the upcoming East Meets West conference. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. We live in Hakalau, which is a tiny little village 16 miles north of Hilo. And there's absolutely, we don't have high-speed anything. There's no cable TV. So uh, radio is our lifeline. We absolutely live for HPR. We listen throughout the day without fail. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is uh, Shanoa Farnsworth and... uh, Shanoa is the managing partner over at Blue Startups and heavily, heavily involved with East Meets West. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me, Bert. Five years running, huh? Five years, yeah. So East Meets West was always con- conceptually, un- you know, looking at Hawaii as being somewhere in the middle of the Pacific, which we are physically located, <laughs> and it's uh, bringing. Uh, participants from the East as well as the West and convening them in our lovely state and with the intent of really, what, kind of mixing it up, getting people to understand maybe what some of the opportunities might be from both sides? I mean, we really want to point, you know, a light on Hawaii to say this is a place where East meets West for business, Mm -hmm. not just for tourism. Mm -hmm. I think we've had a obviously cultural synergy for, you know, all of our you know history here, but in terms of actually doing business together outside of the tourism realm, we haven't really had anything tangible um, to say about that. So, really, we're you know hosting this gathering in a way to bring these folks together and hope that that kind of synergy will happen and that kind of business can get done. So, you know, we want to highlight Hawaii as a place where East meets West for business. So, when um, you know, and Blue Startups has been going through. Cohorts. This is going to, you know, you just uh, completed 10 and you're going to be announcing the uh, deadline for the 11th cohort. And <clears throat> East meets West, does the cohorts actually have a, a, an opportunity to perhaps benefit from interacting with the participants or the, the speakers, the keynotes, you know, the, the potential investors from you know, the, the conference itself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are bringing a lot of our alumni back in for East Meets West. So mm-hmm. they will be actually featured as speakers and pitching at the event as well. So we are really serving our Blue Startups Ohana at the same time with this East Meets West opportunity mm-hmm. and engaging them as much as we can. Uh, they even drive a lot of the content. So 
you know, for example, this year, one of the topics we'll be talking about influencer marketing. Well, we have a company, Pixery, that went through our last cohort that is in that space. So they'll be one of our speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, our company, Dataplore, will be pitching. Uh, our company Shaka Guide, which is in the travel space, will be pitching and participating. So, you know, we bring back companies again that are strategically aligned with the topics we're covering, but also giving the opportunity to pitch in front of these amazing investors that are coming in. So, it definitely serves the Blue Startups community as well as the the community as a whole. But, you know, the Blue Startups Ohana really benefits from it directly. Where do you, where do you find these in- investors? Because over the yeah. course of the five years, I know you have uh, Casey who's involved, Casey Lau, and mm-hmm. he's kind of the connection in mm-hmm. Hong Kong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are, are there, are the let's say, the investors that participate, are they new? Are they returning? I mean, how do you select them? A little of both, right? So we usually have a target list. Um, and some of these folks we've, you know, hit up uh, several years in a row for example, our keynote, one of our keynotes this year is Hans Tung, mm-hmm. who is a partner at GGV. Uh, GGV is a multi-billion dollar fund that invests both in China and the U.S. market. So a perfect example of East meets West. I think we've asked him to participate now three times, uh, and we finally got a yes. You know, just schedule the pendant, oh, right? I see, I see. So we usually look so at... this is his first time. This is his first time uh, uh, here and participating, but... Uh, we have usually a hit list of a about a dozen funds that are really active in cross-border investing. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly going after those folks. Many of them come back again and again, um, but some of them will be here for the first time. Uh, Golden Gate Ventures is another one. They invest in Southeast Asia, uh, but a lot of their partners and uh, funding LPs is from the United States. So We've um, asked them to participate several years in a row when they're coming this year. Finally uh, got them to come. Uh, Fresco Capital was here last year, and they're going to be here again this year uh, because they see a lot of value in the event and the the companies that are pitching, and they want to make those investments. Uh, We've had a lot of repeat visitors um, in the venture uh, funding field. So Quest Ventures will be coming back, I think, for the fourth or fifth year in a row. Uh, They come every year, and they've invested in several of our companies. Uh, They are from the Silicon Valley, um, but they come and they find good companies here to invest in, so always exciting to have them uh, come in. Um, We also have a lot of participants from the High Tip program, and uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with High Tip, it's a program that has been um, established by the Hawaii State Employee Retirement System mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to invest locally in Hawaii. They've invested in several uh, venture funds on the mainland and on the in Hawaii that have a commitment to look at deals here. So there are seven venture firms that um, are participating in the High Tip program. They are all coming as well for uh, East Meets West. So we have about 20 venture funds coming in for this opportunity, which is a huge amount of capital coming into our small state to to look for deals and look for companies to invest in. Now, is the, okay, so there's a, there's a perception that there isn't that kind of venture funds here in Hawaii that would perhaps help the startup community grow to that next level. But what you're saying 
as a result of East meets West, I mean, there's a fairly good representation. There's a great opportunity. Uh, one of the things I always say about East meets West is that the ratio actually to on- from entrepreneur to investor at mm-hmm. this event is better than you'll find at any conference anywhere. Uh, it really has a great representation of venture capitalists. A couple of reasons for that. One, we have the high tip program and we have our other uh, folks that we're reaching out to specifically in the cross-border arena, mm-hmm. the East meets West thesis. The other one, frankly, is that it's Hawaii. And when we uh, reach out to a venture capitalist and say, hey, do you want to come to Hawaii for this event? The answer is usually yes. <laughs> it's not a hard ask, in other words. Well, so let me ask you. So getting them to come to Hawaii, participate in East meets West, I mean, that's a you know, that's a one-shot deal that they are involved in. It's, you know, like uh, January 31st and, and the February 1st. Does it make a difference for the the, you know, the potential for those investments only for that short period of time, or does it make a you know is it better if they were actually here spending more time over the course of the entire year? Well, of course, it would be better if they were actually here, but I think to be realistic, we mm-hmm. are a small market mm-hmm. and and what we're trying to do is point out the fact that there are quality deals here to be invested in. And most of these guys, when they come in, they walk away going, oh, wow, you know, pleasantly surprised that the deals were at the same quality or better than deals that they're pitched every day in Silicon Valley or or Shanghai or Tokyo or wherever they're coming from. So, it, you know, that's our job. Our job is to, to show the, the world, in a sense, and investors in particular, that our deals are just as good. Our companies are very competitive globally. And once they are here and they get to understand that, that opens their eyes to a whole world of possibilities. And now they're looking. You know, now they're open to the idea that a company can come from Hawaii and be globally competitive. So these, this world of opportunities. So let's say there is some interest in a company as a result of, of East meets West. What would happen uh, subsequently that could potentially take it to the next level? Does the company have to go to, let's say, Shanghai and pitch them again? Or, you know, how does that how does that actually take place? Yeah, no, I'm, most of these uh, investors, again, are in the business of cross-border investing. So they're very used to and comfortable with investing outside of their own geography. That's why we invite them here. That's the business that they're in. Mm-hmm. So the the ability for them to do due diligence on companies and actually make an investment in one of these companies from from East Meets West is is very easy for them to do via Skype or what have you. There, that's a process that that they're used to. So mm-hmm. it doesn't typically require you to go off to Shanghai mm-hmm. to meet with somebody or, you know, something um, really, you know, difficult like that. You know, most of these deals are done now uh, over, you know, a period mm-hmm. of time. Due diligence is, is done online and through, you know, various online mechanisms. But having that initial meeting face-to-face at East Meets West mm-hmm. is really helpful. I do want to ask you about... Um, since it's been five years, and you know, there's probably some examples of how that connection was actually established. So I will hold that thought. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Chanel Fonsworth about East Meets West. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar and Locations. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Shanoa Fonsworth about 
East meets West, and Hawaii's sort of strategic importance as a place to connect across the Pacific. Right before the break, uh, we were talking about how some of these uh, venture firms who may be located in Asia, but they do this sort of cross-border interaction. And if they do come across some companies that pique their interests, what would be the process? And, And are there some examples over the course of the last five years of companies actually working a deal with any of these, uh, you know, Asian uh, investors? Yeah, we definitely have companies that have uh, gotten invested Mm -hmm. by, you know, some of these firms. Uh, Again, more the cross-border firms. You know, we do have firms that come in that are more specific to their geographies. Mm -hmm. But the cross-border firms, definitely. I think last year, every year um, in the, you know, most recent past, we've had 10 companies pitching. Um, last year, three of those 10 got investors that were sitting there in the room. We put the investors in the first row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they have easy access to the companies. Um, and I think the year before that, we had uh, two that were invested as well. Uh, we had a company from, you know, one of our cohorts that was invested from a, a firm out of Indonesia, you know, of all places. I mean, it's it's a global economy now. So mm-hmm. the, the barriers really don't matter. Uh, to the investors or the entrepreneurs in terms of how the money goes and how it flows. So it, it is an opportunity for these guys to get in front of. So give me an example of a company really that got it. some investment. So our company, uh, this is, um, well, the one that comes to mind off the off top of my head is Leet, and they got invested from a company called GDP, which mm-hmm. is an Indonesian uh, outfit, and they were interested specifically in that uh, esports. That was their category, mm-hmm. esports. And so, again, if the sectors line up, I think that's really uh, valuable. If the the venture capitalist has a lot of experience in that sector, they can be um, of value to them. Uh, last, I think, just this last cohort, we had Quest Ventures, which is an, again a venture capitalist that we know. Because they come to East Meets West every year, uh, we know them well enough now to introduce our companies to them. Uh, so Dataplore, which was in our last cohort, got an investment from them. Uh, so there's there's lots of examples of that, in addition to many other connections and, and things that are getting done that will benefit Hawaii today and tomorrow. But for example, last year we had a group uh, come in from Korea, and they then invited us to be a part of their uh, accelerator network, which is called the Across Asia Alliance. Mm-hmm. Across Asia Alliance is a group of accelerators in Asia and blue startups. <laughs> so we're you know considered a part of that alliance, which is really beneficial for us. We get a lot of access to other investors and other deal flow and all of that wouldn't have happened without East meets West. Mm-hmm. And that's one example of a connection that's being made amongst many, many connections that are being made uh, that will benefit both Blue Startups and, you know, the community at large. You know how we often hear of investors that perhaps are located in the Bay Area and they invest in a company that's of interest to them in Hawaii and then all of a sudden that company, you know, gets up and leaves because they say, well, the investor wanted us to be closer to where they are. Does that sort of happen with any of the you know, these cross-border Asian uh, investors? No, I think, honestly, it doesn't because, again, they're set up for this. Mm-hmm. This is what their their thesis is around cross-border investing. So they are not expecting any company to move or, you know, they, they might um, be helpful in a way of connecting you to different partners in their region and, and things like that to benefit the company. But certainly in terms of putting pressure on them to move or anything like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. 
I honestly haven't heard of that. And and even the concept of Silicon Valley firms putting pressure on companies to move, I think, is an outdated notion. It really doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Our, our companies move for other reasons, unfortunately, not for capital. In most cases, it is for access to market and access to talent. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, um, let's say, some of these uh, opportunities that, you know, they get invested in and, you know, they now have uh, uh, let's say a bigger opportunity in maybe market, but do mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't have to move to Asia to explore that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the kinds of companies that you're looking for in your next cohort, do you try to see if they have sort of cross-border opportunity or, you know, so that perhaps when their next East meets West takes mm-hmm. place, you know, they can benefit the most I mean, yeah. is that is that a sweet spot that Hawaii could play a role in? It, it absolutely is, and it's definitely something we look for at Blue Startups. So we are looking for companies that are playing in both markets because, again, if we think about Hawaii's strategic value mm-hmm. right here in the middle, we think that it best serves a company that is working in both markets. So if you're a company that has customers in Asia and customers in the United States, for example— Locating here in Hawaii makes some strategic sense, and you're more likely to stay. That's our thought about that whole idea of East meets West. And in addition, we're looking for Asian companies that want to get into the U.S. markets. Maybe they haven't gotten into it yet, but they think that the U.S. market is well-suited for their product. That's something, again, we can help them with. We think that Hawaii is a really great stepping stone to the U.S. market for an Asian startup because it feels very familiar. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy place to navigate for an Asian startup, and it's going to be an easy entry point for them. So, and vice versa, we think we can leverage our network in Asia for startups coming out of the U.S. as well, right? So if a startup out of the U.S. thinks the Asian market is really a good market for them, you know, for example, gaming and esports are are really good examples where the Asian market is really hot and heavy then it makes sense, again, for them perhaps to be here and take advantage of our network in Asia. No, well. I, I, I love the idea of the East meets West, and you know we've shared some of these thoughts uh, before. Has your hypothesis been proven out? I mean, are you seeing some traction on... I mean, you know, we yeah. might be in this little bubble of, right. of right. And looking through this lens that says, yeah, yeah, the, Hawaii has that, that the strategic value. But right. has it been proven out in, in reality? I think it's starting to be, but I think it, it's going to take time. I mean, to be realistic about that, right? As I said earlier, we're changing people's opinions about Hawaii. One person, one at, person a at a time. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, we, and it's one of the big reasons we're hosting this gathering. And as part of the gathering, right, we take them on the ecosystem tour for example. Mm-hmm. We take them to all the accelerators downtown, Elemental, Accelerate UH, Blue Startups. And inevitably, they all walk away going, oh, wow, there's a lot more happening here in Hawaii than I thought. And there's a lot more just business in Hawaii than I thought. In my mind, I was thinking palm trees and beaches. And then I got here and I realized this is you know, a sizable city with an infrastructure that can support my company. So I think we're planting the seeds. I don't think those seeds have come to fruition yet, but they're definitely being planted. And I travel a lot in Asia mm-hmm. right, for mm-hmm. business. And when I'm out there talking to people, 
I mean, inevitably, most of them have heard of East Meets West, even if they've never heard of Blue Startups. So how do you, okay, so, you know, we all realize that this is a, a long play. I mean, you yeah. know, it doesn't take, uh, it, it does, it's not going to happen in five years. I mean, it's going to be longer than that. How do you convince the powers that be that, you know, we need a little bit more of a runway? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't know other than to say we do need a runway. And I think we also need, you know, um, some tangible incentives, for folks, you know, I, I just talked to a gentleman today who's coming out for East Meets West. He's already signed up. He's an entrepreneur. He has business in Shanghai and business in L.A. Those are his two main uh, areas of business. And he's thinking, should I locate my company here? Well, of course, we think he should. Now it's on us to tell him all the reasons why. Yeah. So where can people go to sign up for East Meets West? eastmeetswest.co okay if that's too difficult bluestartups.com okay I'll put it up on our show notes Shanoa Fonsworth is the managing partner and of and of course uh, at Blue Startups and the one of the key organizers for East Meets West that's coming up uh, at the end of January thank you for joining us today. thank you Bert and thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe join us next week when we will talk about community collaboration through the Sustainability and Mobility Lab. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find a podcast with tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. Happy New Year, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. And